topic tonight is living in Christ's righteousness, which is really living from Christ's righteousness. So Pastor Jim's word this year was that we are to be living on purpose for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's exactly what our Father wants us to do, our Father God. So this message tonight is really truly to exhort us to live from the righteousness of God that we have been given in Christ Jesus. So the word going forth tonight is to equip us, it is to empower us uh, as the whole body of Christ. And what a mighty body of believers we have in this church, especially when we live from the righteousness of God. We are so strengthened by the righteousness of God. And the more we exhort and encourage one another that we are the righteousness of God, that we live from that righteous standing, God is so magnified and glorified. Uh, so this is, um, I'm so excited about the word. You know, the word of God we know is living and active because it's his breath, it's his spirit, it's his voice, it's his heartbeat, it's everything. The word is like no other. Uh, so tonight to exhort us in the word of God, what it is, um, I have 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable. So we're going to get a profit. Every time we read God's word, we're going to get a spiritual uh, increase in us. So we expect ourselves to receive it from God's living word. So it is profitable for our doctrine, for our reproof, for our correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So there's an equipping that takes place when we're in the Word of God. It is a spiritual equipping. This is a spirit manual that we have in the Word of God. We walk in the natural, but we are not natural. We are supernatural kingdom children of Almighty God. So we need the Word to equip us for the things we can't see. Our faith has us walk in the spirit uh, that mere men don't walk in without Christ. We have Christ. We are kingdom people walking in the king's spirit by his, by his uh, will. So uh, just let me just, um, we'll uh, open up in, in prayer before we get underway. Well, Father, we are so excited about whatever you have to say that you want to impart through your word to your people, Lord. We are so excited that you rule and reign from your throne, that you have a scepter of righteousness that you rule the nations with, and you are our Father, and you have given us your righteousness. So, Father, we ask for an increase of profitability from your word to understand the richness of what you have done for us in giving us your righteousness. So, Father, have your will and your way through your word tonight, Lord God, and glorify yourself and magnify yourself in all of us tonight. Jesus, we give you preeminence because it's yours alone. You are Lord over all. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty, miraculous name. Amen. So, um, so we're going to look for some equipping tonight. That's what I felt like when I read this uh, scripture in 2 Timothy, that we're going to get instruction in righteousness, which we get from all of the word of God, because it's God's righteous word. Uh, but tonight we're focusing on living from the righteousness of God that we are. 
um, our main scripture just to get our hearts in line is that we are the kids' kingdom, we are the king's kids in his kingdom. And one description he has in his word is Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, it is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we are in a righteous kingdom forever. We don't enter the righteous kingdom when we finally get to heaven one day. The second we are born again, we are transferred into his righteous kingdom. This is where we're going to be speaking from tonight. So we're going to find out like, um, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness truly is who God is. He is holy and righteous. For us, we had no righteousness on our own, none. Now, now we are in right standing with God for when we first received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who paid our sin debt in full, he washed away our sins and remembers them no more. It's the Lord's wholeness that we have. It's his redemption from this, um, it's redemption from the sin that he took from us that made us guilty in his sight. We are now fully restored to God in his sight. We are declared not guilty because we have been made innocent in the courts of heaven, fully loved and fully accepted by Almighty God. This is an understanding we have to live from. There's so many things that come against us that want to lie to us and tell us otherwise. We can have voices speaking to us from 20 years ago, things people have said to us that has pierced our soul, and they are not who we are in Christ Jesus. Any word spoken against us that does not come from the word of God is null and void. We cancel those word assignments that have been spoken against us from even our childhood. I know I've had plenty of them from my family line, and they are not who I am in Christ Jesus. I am now the righteousness of God, and you are the righteousness of God. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, sins are completely forgiven. You're made innocent, holy, and righteous in the sight of God. Put us in a right standing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we will see one day face to face. We will see our Savior. And I realize every day we think about what is that day going to be like? Living from his righteousness, we are going to be so excited to meet Mr. Righteousness, Mr. Love, Mr. Salvation. Oh my goodness, how glorified that day is going to be. So hallelujah. So hallelujah. So, um, so becoming born again is a transformation like no other because at the moment of spiritual birth, we became the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look at this verse in Revelation 1.5. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who washed, loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That washing was complete by the blood of Jesus. We are seen by the Father as sinless. So our true identity in Christ is what we truly believe. And we will reflect everything we truly believe. So when we truly believe we're fully and completely forgiven, that we are now the righteousness of God, 
um, regardless of what we still might even think about ourselves, this is the identity we want to live from, to live from righteousness because it's all, and we're all the same. You know, there is level ground at the cross. I don't care if it's prince or pauper, we all needed to meet the Lord and Savior. And the minute we all did, we all became born again and filled with his spirit and washed all our sins away. Um, so yeah, this foundation will, um, I believe, give such a, I want to call it like a radical strength to the body of Christ that we don't live under the calling that God has given us as his children. He has given us crowns. We are royalty in his sight because of his righteousness, but it's all his. So we have no room at all anywhere, anyhow to have pride. Everything we have, God has given us. So everything we have has to give him glory because it's given to us from him. So uh, yet just to clarify that if we don't see ourselves as the righteousness of God, we are not going to live out the calling that he wants for us. He wants us to walk strong in him and confidence and power in him and not be weighed down by sin and the weight of the world because it's been paid for in full. Things, when we get that mindset, it means we've been lied to by the evil one because God doesn't call us any of those wrong names. Anything that God says about us is going to be in his word. People can say uh, hurtful things that are not from our father's heart. So we have to know that we are his and that we are his righteousness. So Psalm, um, Psalm 11, 7 says, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. So the Lord is righteous and we have his righteousness. One of the many wonderful names of Jehovah, one of them is called Jehovah Sitkanu. That's the Lord is our righteousness. He is our righteousness for us and he dwells within us. Knowing Jehovah by him, his name, we can know who we are because he dwells within us. <clears throat> So many scriptures uh, that testify to everything we're talking about tonight. First uh, Peter 3.18 says, For Christ who suffered once for sin, the righteous, the innocent one, for the unrighteous, us guilty ones, he died to bring us to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So that great exchange took place for us. People that are not born again are still carrying the weight of their sins. They're still guilty. And the weight, weight, of, that, weight of that is not even known to them because they're not born again. Yet we know what it's like to lose that heavy backpack of sin and guilt and shame the minute Christ came in and set us free. But the, the lost are um, like I was in that place of carrying so much baggage around before I realized I could be set free and out of the prison gates and out of the prison doors that we sung about tonight. Um, so we have a witness to this world to say, I know where you've been. I carried that weight and that guilt and that shame and Christ set me free. He can change your life like he changed mine. We have a witness to the righteousness of God. And we know how we became born again, no matter how it happened. It came right from this scripture here in Romans 10, 9, and 10. Uh, because if you confess with your mouth 
the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is a miracle. It's a miracle that this would happen by a confession of our mouth. It is an absolute miracle. And notice that the confession from our hearts is that we believe Jesus is our Savior. We are righteous from instantly in that one verse from our heart believes right into righteousness, right into righteousness. It doesn't find us one day. The second we are born again, we have the righteousness of God because he fills us with his Holy Spirit and cleanses us from every sin, past, present, and future. We are the righteousness of God. And all his scripture all says the same thing just in different words. Here we have Colossians 1.13. It says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We, we are in a kingdom we can't see, but it's a real kingdom. God gives us everything we need in the Word of God to understand the spirit realm, to empower us for all we don't see and for all, all that's ahead that is so, so miraculous that we all have ahead, uh, ahead of us uh, as we're in his kingdom. So um, we are in the kingdom of his love and the kingdom of righteousness, where the king is righteous and we are his righteous children. So darkness should have no voice over us. We have got to guard what things people say about us because there's, there's the spirit realm that wants to, wants to um, hinder our, our righteous strength because we have such a, a strength from the righteousness of God that we are. Um, we have... Uh, uh, also, too, just even our own confession. It, um, many times I've heard people say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And that is incorrect. We are the righteousness of God. Yes, we still sin. We are sinners no more. We are saints in the kingdom of God. We, uh, we cannot say that when we sing the song Amazing Grace, we were a wretch. Yes, we were. Now we are the righteousness of God. We aren't just a sinners that are saved by grace. God broke the chains of, of sin in our life. We are now a slave to righteousness because we have the king of righteousness dwelling in us. So we, we say hallelujah to that. We are saints. Uh, we are forgiven and we are redeemed of the Lord. And we can see what, what God uh, did and made it really clear here in Romans uh, 6, I think it's 617. Uh, so he's going back to the Garden of Eden when he said, For by the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man. And that went through generation after generation after generation. And he says, but look, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Wow, this is the gift of righteousness. The last time I had a chance to speak up here, I talked about the faith God has already given us. Now we're talking about the righteousness God already gave us. We are not chasing after righteousness. We're not hoping we do enough right things to live up to Jesus Christ. He has paid it all for every failure, fault that we ever had. It's, it's in full, complete done. We have actually the freedom, the freedom to run after the things of God because we have
have his grace, we have his mercy, we have his blood, we have his presence, we have his angels, we have his promises, we go on and on. We are so free from the spirit of failure that God broke when he purchased us by his own blood. So now we have the freedom to say, oh God, what do you have? This adventure of faith that we're in before we meet God face to face. Oh my goodness, God, you have everything, everything we need is in you because we have the gift of God, we have the gift of salvation, we have the gift of grace, we have this gift of righteousness. We, we have every gift comes down from our Heavenly Father. Every single gift we have is from Him, and it is not of us. So we, we say glory to God for everything, every way, every how, because it's not on our own that we have what we have. It's all Him. But the Lord, if you hear this uh, scripture, He says, um, we have the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. This does not how like sound like a, a, a sinner just saved by grace. These are kingdom people that he wants us to rule and reign on this earth to bring his good word and his truth and his power into the places that he takes us. So this is a reigning position of love and grace and mercy. It's, it's to say we have a kingdom message from our king, from the king that dwells within us. It's so, so exciting. Um, so, but we know that this is absolutely a gift. So that's why we can tell people Jesus is the gift. You know, it's for by grace we are saved through faith. It is not of ourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. Oh my goodness, God, forgive us for anything we've ever boasted about. You get all the glory. So, so before Christ, none of us were righteous. No, not one. But now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we love this in Romans 10:4. For Christ is the end of the law, hallelujah, for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's all God is looking for. He wants something just to believe. And there comes the righteousness that God places in us forever. So we have to remember this as, you know, as Christians, we just love to serve God because of all he's done for us. And he's our Lord and our Savior. We just have to make sure it doesn't get mixed in our minds somehow that we're trying to, uh, trying to achieve righteousness. You know, that's, that's been done for us. That is a, a, it's been completed and it is a free gift. So our desire is to serve him from what he has given us, his love, his presence, his faith, his joy, everything. Um, just grab a drink here. <clears throat> uh, here's a great, a great scripture in Philippians 3, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> now this, uh, this scripture, as we will know, is written by Paul, but that's his, his new birth name. He was not always Paul. He was a Saul. He was a sinner, a horrible sinner that was living under the law. And this, he's such a testimony. He knew every religious thing. He knew the right of everything. He was this powerful man. And yet, let's listen to what he says. This is now, this isn't Saul, this is Paul. Listen to what he says. He says, oh, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. 
I count them all as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is God by faith. So clear what happened to Saul when he got born again into Paul, got a new name, he got a new identity, he got a new purpose. His eyes were so open to see what he came from, the law that he was living under for so many years. He considers it all rubbish because he gained Christ. He gained a new name because he's a new creation. And that's what Christ does with all of us as we are born again. We become his righteousness. So this is our identity in Christ, that we are the redeemed of the Lord. First uh, Peter 1, verses 18 through 19 says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold <clears throat> from your— and we think of silver and gold as being pretty valuable, but, it, but um, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers— but we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The miraculous happened there when, when God um, gave his son and he shed his, his precious blood. The word precious means the absolute highest value that God saw in us, which is really the miraculous that, that Jesus would come down and become us. The Lord says in his word in um, Galatians 2.20, he says, we have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. This life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we can all say that in me with our heart, that Jesus saw priceless value in each and every person that he died to pay that price. And that's what I believe the Father wants us to have the view of every person that we meet. Everywhere we go, if we're in a Wawa, we look at somebody and say, oh, Christ died for them. God has such value in these people. And I see people, they have no value in themselves. I see their countenances that they don't know that God loves them just as they are. And that he's got a new name for them, like he has a new name for us. And there's a new name for us in heaven as his children. It's just too glorious. Um, but now that we are the redeemed of the Lord, we need to say so. That gives us the, the confidence in who we are in Christ. We are the redeemed of the Lord. First uh, uh, Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, that was our old man, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us, this is all our spiritual understanding, all that's been freely given to us because the second we said yes to Jesus Christ, the, the gates of heaven were flung right open. We're in his kingdom trying to understand the king and grow in our knowledge and wisdom of him and to understand what's freely given to us. And everything we have is given and we are at the receiving end. He's given us all that we need for life and godliness. The Lord says, all I've given you though, I want you to use. I want you to walk from my authority. I want you to walk from your place of righteousness. I want you to walk just how I made you to be. You know, Pastor Jim and I were talking the other day about 
how we are uniquely the same as Christians. Each one of us is so unique down to our DNA and our fingerprint, to everything about us, our personalities. Uh, everything about us is so totally unique, but we're all the same. We're all the righteousness of God. We're all kids of the King, kids in the kingdom. We're all united forever. This is our family that we will walk with through all eternity, you know? So the sameness is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The sameness is his righteousness, his love, his joy, his power, that we have the characteristics of Christ because we are his. And we're growing all the time in our understanding of that. You know, I can look back and see what I was like 10 years ago. And I said, oh, thank God I'm not that. But we, I pray we look 10 years ahead. We're going to say, wow, look now, you know, that we're all growing and righteousness in the likeness of Christ and walking out the calling that he has for us. This righteousness, is, um, it gives us our identity to say God has purpose in each and every one of us through the gifts that he has placed within us, the spiritual gifts, the, the gift of his personality in us. He has a different expression through every one of us because we're different, but it's all the same because it's all him. So it's really a neat thing how God works the family of God to influence other folks through our personalities that are yielded to Christ, but then through his righteousness that we carry. Uh, so God's made us all unique to be an influence in this world. Everyone can relate to somebody. You know, God has a purpose and plan for every single purpose, every single per person for his purposes. Um, so, uh, so this... Okay, so we have his spirit. That's one of our, our samenesses. We all have his Holy Spirit within us. God also says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you? This is just enormous that when God tells us to meditate on his word, if we really truly meditate on his word, being a temple is a holy place. If God said, I've got a temple for you on the corner, I want you to take good care of it, we'd make sure that temple was just perfect and clean and respectful and honoring to his holiness. Well, he wants that with us as well because we house the Holy Spirit within us and out of us comes his light. You know, like a temple uh, has a light on, it's got the fire going, the worship going, the scripture going. It's a holy place of worship. So God wants us to be uh, um, an example, our lives as an example of a worshiper of God because we're his temple with his Holy Spirit within us. Um, so we think about that every day. Our hearts are Christ's home. Our hearts are like the Holy of Holies now because the Holy One dwells within us. So uh, we, we want to um, honor him by our lifestyle because look what he tells us who we are because of his righteousness. First Peter 2, 9, we know, he says, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Just dress yourself like a royal priesthood and see what that looks like. Oh my goodness, we are just in royalty and garbs of righteousness. Our, we are a holy nation as his people. We are his own special people. And then he tells us what he wants us to do. He says, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I'll tell you, that's the gospel, you know? That's the gospel right there. I can't wait to tell you how, how God saved my life, you know, how he 
save me from an eternity separated from him, heading for hell without the intervention of Jesus Christ. So, oh my goodness, all we could say about that, that we want to proclaim his praises. And the other side of this praise is to, do you know, we meet God face to face. We're meeting him as Savior Savior and Lord over all, and we will see the passionate fire in his eyes when we meet him face to face. The glory that is yet to come, we cannot even get a glimpse of. But you know what? We also think the judgment we will not have to face. I can't even imagine what the judgment seat is going to be like for those that don't know Christ. I could just sit here and weep if I let myself get there because it is, it is, um, we are saved for such a, by such a grace. And we want the whole world to know there's a Savior that wants to meet you. People are going to meet, us, going to meet God as judge or they're going to meet him as Savior. We will meet him as Savior. Hallelujah. But, but our job, oh God, speak to me. But those that are going to meet the judgment seat, or it's, it's, I can't even imagine. So Lord, use us as your people to share your righteousness with others, Lord God, that they will not meet you as judge. They will meet you as Savior, God. Make that our assignment, Lord God, as you have. So this is what's so great about the gospel. Look at Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. We have to declare this out of our mouth, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and also the Greek. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is the power. The gospel of Christ is the power of God where his righteousness is revealed. That's the very first time. We didn't realize it when we were outside of Christ. I didn't know I needed the righteousness of Christ. I didn't know what I was missing because the lost, like myself, were in darkness. So I, I knew I had hopelessness. I knew I had fear of hell. I knew I had a lot of stuff, but I didn't know the answer. I didn't know it was the righteousness of Christ I needed. And that's the minute we put our faith in Jesus Christ in the gospel. His righteousness comes right down. It says the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. And that's what happens when people receive the gospel. They, 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 um, they receive the righteousness of God at that very moment. I didn't know when I was lost that I needed to be washed clean. I didn't even know it was dirty. The lost are lost. So this uh, revelation of that he can clean people up is, 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 uh, it's such a testimony when I see so many people that are, um, are in bondages without the freedom that Christ gives. He cleans us up. So um, as God's uh, righteous children, we're going to make choices every day uh, with a purposing, a lifestyle of righteousness to reflect him. We reflect Christ with righteousness. It's who he is in us. His righteousness is expressed through us in all different ways. It can be how people are watching us respond to things and say, wow, you responded very differently to that undesirable circumstance. I'm like, well, I'm just trusting God, you know, and uh, we have a different response that way. We respond with his righteousness and our trust in the living God. <clears throat> and here's another great uh, great scripture for us in 1 John 2 verses 28 and 29. It says, and now little children abide in him. That's where we are going to reveal his righteousness is that we walk with God. We walk with him every day. We abide in him, abide in his word, abide in his promises. I mean, stay so close. He says that when he appears, 
we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you knew that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteous is born of God, born of him. So this, this lifestyle we have is going to be a practicing of righteousness all the time. It does not mean we're doing it perfectly by any means, but we have an aim to glorify God because he's our savior and he purchased us and we belong to him. To live uh, by righteous choices, righteous thoughts, righteous deeds, it gives God glory because it's just a reflection of him and how we respond to life. So... Um, so ultimately, our, our love for God is going to be the root of everything we do because the greatest commandment there is, the, I, sh- I worded that wrong, is the great commandment. It's way above every other one. It's all by itself when asked what is the great commandment to love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's way above every other scripture. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we want to love you, Lord, so much that we live from your righteousness to give you glory and give you honor. But we also have to remember, we have to be on our watch because we live, as we all know, in a world of so much sin, so much unrighteousness, so much brokenness, and that the things we battle, they're not flesh and blood. God tells us that in Ephesians. So... um, So God wants us to make sure we are keeping ourselves righteous and being watchful for the the temptation of the wicked one and all the things he wants to come in and do. You know, the evil one knows our strength is in our righteous calling. He knows he cannot steal our salvation because that's a done deal, but he does want to hinder the work of God in all our lives. He wants to, he, he's, he, he's angry and he hates Christians, hates God, and he wants to distort our life from being righteous. So we have to be watchmen for the tactics and the temptations of the evil one. We, that's why God tells us to be watchful. Uh, We'll see what happens too about what God instructs us in Hebrews 12, 1. He says, therefore, this is for all of us, uh, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. But we see what God says that it so easily can ensnare us. You know, the evil one always wants to trip us up, always wants to ruin our reputation. He wants to do everything that would shame Christ, you know, because he's the one that's shamed. So we have to purpose to watch that we are living for the Lord's glory. Uh, Genesis uh, 4, 7 says, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you. That's the voice of the wicked one. But you must rule over it. Well, I'll tell you, our stance of righteousness will rule over sin and will not give it, uh, give it any space. We take authority over the wicked one because he has no place in us. We are the righteousness of God. God tells us in uh, Mark 14, 38, he says, you watch and you pray lest you enter into temptation. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we know without us um, following hard after God, our flesh can fall like that because it's weak. God tells us it's weak. And he tells us sin can so easily ensnare us that it's so easy we might get caught off guard. So the more we're in pursuit of God, we are not going to allow the enemy to get a foothold anywhere. 
And also because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, he is always warring for us. He always wants us to win. He's always by our side, always wants to lead us and guide us. Uh, Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17 said, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. Well, to me, this is like an inner wrestling that we would have between our flesh and our spirit. We hear what happens with the flesh and the spirit. They, um, they uh, lust, lust against each other, but it says the spirit against the flesh. That's the Lord Jesus in our heart, giving us an uncomfortableness that says something's, something's coming up in our flesh that is not going to be good for you, that the evil one would want to get a foothold in. So we have any kind of inner struggles. We're like, Lord, what is going on? What is that flesh and spirit struggling for? But there's the Spirit of God stri- uh, striving for us to, to live from righteousness and to expose anything that's not of Him for our good, because He is our Holy Spirit, is our helper and our comforter, our guide. He's everything. So we praise the Lord for the indwelling Holy Spirit. We just want to be so sensitive to what he's speaking to our hearts when we encounter things that we don't understand. Because we always remember the evil one is a deceiver. He's not going to be as, as easy to recognize a lot of times. I always says he, I, he hands out candy-coated poison because he has a temptation that is desirable, but it leads to death. It is there to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. But we have the righteousness of God, and we have the Holy Spirit that tells us when things are not amiss, that when things are amiss, so we stay awake and we're watchmen for the tricks of the evil one. When he comes, we rule over him because he is under our feet because we are the righteousness of God. So um, God says in uh, Romans, I believe it's 613, it says, this is for us because God wants us to present ourselves to him to be useful for his kingdom purposes. He says, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So we are an offering to God. We are all all for the Lord's glory. We want to have him use us as an instrument in his kingdom, however he sees fit. So we offer ourselves. He says in Romans 12, uh, 1, he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable because we're his. We were purchased of his. <clears throat> so, uh, so anyway, maintaining our relationship with God, it keeps us sharp in the spirit to, to uh, recognize any work of the evil one that we will overcome him. So when temptation does come, our Father also has given us armor to wear for him. And um, I'm excited. Uh, Next week, I'm going to share about the armor of God being our our valiant, victorious attire that we wear for the win. You know, it's not shrinking back. Uh, So I'm excited about speaking about that. But here, God, two pieces of armor about righteousness. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 7b says, for the armor of righteousness in our right hand and our left hand. 
My goodness, God says we already have armor in our hands, this righteousness, which is a shield and a sword for the protection when the tempter comes. We're like, oh, the righteousness, I'm not touching that. I am the righteousness of God. Also, Ephesians 6, 14b says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, we realize the placement for that breastplate is over our heart where all the arrows are being shot at our heart, that we would believe the things that would come into our heart. God tells us to guard our hearts above all things, for it is a wellspring of life. So where does God want the breastplate? Over our heart. So it's righteous. The righteousness of God will rule our heart and not the lies of the wicked one. You know, I I said there's so many words that come against us in so many ways that want to get into our heart and cause unrighteousness. Honestly, even just watching the news, it is nothing but so much sin. Oh my goodness, the news. If we watch the news and it wants to get a grip and land in our heart, we are not going to have that strength of righteousness that we have. It's going to be cluttered. Our heart will get cluttered by influence of the world system that we are not a part of. So we guard our hearts from the world system and keep it sanctified and set apart for the Lord's glory. We will be strong in his righteousness. Um, So we thank God for the armor he provides for us. It's, of course, spiritual, and we live from that place of righteousness. But also, too, we all sin this side of heaven. We all do. And God always has, um, because he's our advocate, he's our mediator, he's our intercessor, he has covered us all. Um, He says in 1 John 1, 9, we always can confess our sins for Lord Jesus, he is faithful He is just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a beautiful promise of God. Things of the world can get in us and we don't even realize it until we start picking up on a pattern that maybe we're doing. We're thinking off. We're speaking off. We're we're picking up something of the world like, oh God, how, how did that happen? You know, like, oh Lord, I just confess that to you. And look what he does. He's faithful. He's just. He forgives those sins and he cleanses us from unrighteousness. You know, the evil one is just, is filthy, you know, Um, but God is cleansing us from uh, unrighteousness. And now we can say uh, what King David said in Psalm 51, 10. He says, oh, create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's what happened. We got our heart clean, and now we're steadfast in his righteousness again. Um, Oh, I missed a part somehow. Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say too. Uh, I wanted to back up about um, about our if unrighteousness comes our way, it can give the uh, a foothold to the enemy. And what I'm under, make I'm sure we understand, we never lose our righteousness in God. We never lose it. But when we get attacked by the evil one, he wants to attack our righteousness because it makes us weak. You know, we have to guard our righteousness because uh, that the devil wants to um, have us live less than that. So if he can get us into any unrighteousness, it takes away us living from righteousness. But we understand our righteousness is a done deal. It's not affected by what we do. It is our standing in Christ is our righteousness 
When we sin, we just end up living underneath and to a lower place than what God has called us to live to because we are completely forgiven. Our choices on life can be different than um, righteousness. So that's where we end up possibly living below where he wants us to and our are like the purposes of God are hindered because of that. So we want to stay uh, righteous. Uh, we're always righteous forever, but live from that righteousness and not let sin get a foothold because its purpose is to weaken our witness, to weaken, weaken um, our effectiveness in the kingdom. So we want to walk from this place of righteousness. <clears throat> uh, also, too, you know, we have a born again with the righteousness of God. We have his spirit in us. So we, we, we start um, hungering and thirsting for him and for his righteousness. We have that well in us of his Holy Spirit. And we are sensitive to the world just like the Father. The Father has put his heart in our heart with his spirit that gives us the compassion for the people he has a compassion for. So when we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we will do that in the spirit because that's God in us, hungering and thirsting for righteousness in this world. Uh, in Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is what I believe happens to us because it's God within us, stirring a passion in us for the people he so loves. Um, in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verses 1 and 2, uh, this is talking about us longing for um, our place in heaven when it says, For we know that if this earthly house, this tent, our temporary bodies, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. We have like a holy unsatisfaction being on earth. Now that we are children of God in his kingdom, this world, we are just now pilgrims walking through. This is not our home and that we're citizens of heaven. So there's going to be a groaning in us that want to be face to face with the Lord, with him forever in heaven uh, for all eternity and clothed in, with him. But the groaning in us for this uh, hunger of thirst and righteousness is for this world that is so broken by sin. God wants us to hunger and thirst for the righteousness of the people that we encounter because God, God's compassion for them is to be saved. So this innermost being in our heart um, is the groaning of the Holy Spirit for this broken world that he wants us to have as a motivator to live from the compassion of his heart because those that don't have his righteousness. <clears throat> uh, so this, this groaning is also why we're so led to pray. You know, we groan when we see this nation that was a nation under God where the government has become so unrighteous. So many godless, evil laws are being passed that are just sinful, and we have a groaning in us of righteousness that that is painful to see the ground the evil one has gotten in our nation. The song playing about revival, we are so praying for the Lord of revival to come. Our, our nation so needs to be healed from its sin. So we, we have a groaning in us that wants a righteous government because that's God in us wanting that. And the righteous government only comes from when they are born again. They don't just clean up their 
their ways. They cannot. They're lost in darkness. They're being run by spirits of darkness, doing dark things. We need the government born again. We need the nation born again. We need this revival. We need the spirit of God to hover and brood over America and bring this new life and raise these dead people to life. God, please do it. Please do it. So we pray, we intercede, we ask for the Holy Spirit to invade Washington and bring new births in these places where the darkness has been just been been um, been manifested. When the Lord God needs to be manifested in Washington, but it's our prayers, folks, that break these chains that are ruling our nation that are evil, but we are the righteousness of God that pray for God to do what only he can do. He, he is the only one that can heal our nation. We don't just change, people can't change their ways. There'll still be people in darkness running our nation, running our governments, running these, making these evil laws. How dare man make a law that's against God's laws? We have, he has 10 commandments, but they've been removed from our nation. So we, as the righteousness of God, we need to pray for the spirit of God to breathe on our nation. So, because we hunger and we thirst for righteousness because we know who Christ is. We have experienced, we have tasted and seen the goodness of God. And we pray for our nation to bow its knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, oh, I hear all these prophecies about the next Jesus movement, like the Jesus movement in the 70s. Oh, glory to God, may it be. May it come quickly, Lord. God, may you descend in all your might and your power, God, and save this nation, Lord God. We are on our faces asking you, Holy Spirit, spirit to do what only you can do and bring salvation to a dry and thirsty ground because we hunger and we thirst for your righteousness in this nation almighty god do what only you can do god that's why we have so many prayer phone calls on sunday nights so many prayer groups that are praying across the nation for god's move god's move to save the people save the people so we decree and declare this is one nation under god and we ask him for god to do what only can do so yes, our righteousness, it aligns us with heaven. It, right, it aligns us with God's heart, his heartbeat of righteousness in a sea of unrighteousness. But we pray and we expect God because he answers our prayers. So we are just waiting expectantly as we hunger and thirst for his righteousness to come across our nation. But we realize that is always from God within us from a groaning standpoint because we are not citizens here anymore. We, are, we have a holy dissatisfaction with the brokenness of this world, and he wants us to be his change agents, agents where he has placed us. Um, also, too, God makes us uh, be very deliberate with our lifestyle, very purposeful. Like uh, Pastor Jim said this year, the word is about um, living on purpose on the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Pastor Jim's word he has used for years has spoken volumes to me about us being intentional with our life. It doesn't happen without our purposing the Lord Jesus as our Lord, purposing our prayer life, purposing uh, the word of God, purposing to live for his glory, purposing to fill up with his Holy Spirit so we have something to pour out wherever we go. You know, we have such a short opportunity to serve God by the act of our will on earth. We will be in heaven before we know it. That's where we're just... It'll be all glory, uh, will be the new man. This is 
This is what God has us do on earth. He has chosen us all for such a time as this to be a representative of him, to proclaim his kingdom on this earth. And that's our prayer that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see God glorified and magnified in this nation, but he wants to use his children. He all gives us assignments to do that. So for us to be who he wants us to be, he gives us ways to dress for success in his kingdom. Ephesians 3 Uh, verses 23 to 24 says, first he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we have to get up and say, I am the righteousness of God because of the gift God gave me. We don't want to ever get pride in us because that is not of the Lord Jesus. We give him all glory. So we want to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, who Christ is, who he is in us according to his word. And, and then put on the new man. We have to remember that old man is dead. We do not want to bring him back. He has no place in us anymore. We are brand new creations filled with the Holy Spirit in his righteousness. So uh, we need to put on the new man that was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. There's our righteousness of who we are. <clears throat> Um, There's some beautiful scriptures that talk about how we are dressed, that we are covered in his royal robes of righteousness, that in uh, Revelation it talks about our white garments are the righteous acts of of the deeds of the righteous. Uh, There's beautiful ones that God has for us in in the future too. In 2 Timothy 4.8 it says, well we have to look forward to, it says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also all who have loved his appearing. So we have a crown waiting for us in heaven. There's many crowns in the word of God he talks about, but really, in honesty, being that we're his royal priesthood, we are to put on our crown every day because it's a place of authority to reflect the King Jesus. It's not to give ourselves glory. We are royalty because we are the, the King's kids. We are his royalty always, no matter what we think, say, and do. He gave us our standing. We didn't earn it. We didn't, we didn't work for it. It's all a gift of who we are. But this is how God wants us to to walk on this earth as his children, as his righteousness, to bring righteousness to an unrighteous world and give him all the praise and the honor and the glory. I love this too. In Hebrews 1.8, it says, but to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. He rules in righteousness. That's who he is and what he does. And we need to live from that place that, the, that our Lord has given us to live with. <clears throat> and this is what he says too. This is why we just want to give him glory. In Jeremiah 9.24 says, when we glory, it says, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these I take delight says the Lord so we praise him for that just want to um, uh, end with this one scripture that is just beautiful for us to meditate on in Psalm 37 verses uh, 3 through 6 
These are instructions from us. Remember, we have our instruction manual, instruction in righteousness, uh, equipping us for how to walk in this world. He says, uh, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. For he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice at the noonday. These are promises from our Father that keeps his promises. He's the one that performs and fulfills his word. So we have this awesome instruction manual uh, for life, uh, the love of God poured through it, the equipping that we need to walk as soldiers, uh, as good soldiers of Jesus Christ that we're called. We have everything that we need from the Lord Jesus, uh, from his spirit, from his word, from everything he's poured into us for life and godliness. And he's always with us, never leaves us or forsakes us. We never walk alone. It's impossible for us to be alone. The Lord will never leave us. When we think we're alone, it's a lie. We are never alone. The King of glory is with us wherever we go to the ends of the earth he says he'll go so we just give him glory so that that's the message i had tonight from the lord to i pray it strengthened us and equips us and aligns us with the king of kings and the lord of lords righteousness just aligns us with heaven makes us strong i feel like it's a strong rod through us that has us stand strong in him not by our own works not by anything but by his spirit and what he's done for us so i pray as a body of christ we all build up and edify and encourage and equip each other remind ourselves you know some days we can come in with an off day say hey sister hey brother can i pray for you i want to let you know and remind you you're the righteousness of god you have all you need for this life you have jesus so anyway this body is a, such a great body of believers i i love doing life together with this group because it is so i've learned so much from so many different people from things they've shared with me and the lord says in his word that we each have a part we each do a part so none of us have it all together but together oh are we a body of believers hallelujah you know so praise the lord for this church in jesus <laughs>